faithfully. What is chaff to the wheat, says the Lord. Says the prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, what is the requirement? Let him speak my word faithfully. So God speaks to us at different times. And every time we actually diligently seek him, he speaks to us. He speaks to us about a whole lot of things. He speaks to us about our life, about our personal life, about our career. He promises certain things about relationships. He's, he promises a whole lot of things about what is to come. And this one thing is required. Even as we receive his word, we are required to speak his word faithfully over our lives, over all these areas. What has God told you about your children? Can you speak the word faithfully? What has God told you about yourself? Can you speak that? Can you declare that faithfully in spite of the circumstance being very different? What has God told you about your work? What has God told you about your ministry? One thing is required that we speak his word faithfully, that we agree with his word and that we speak his word faithfully. And then he goes on to say in verse 29, says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. He says, and he goes on to describe. No, he gives the word, we receive the word, and we start speaking the word. And this is what he says. He says, is not my word like a fire? He describes his word. It's like fire. It brings about change instantaneously. It lights up, it burns away. It's like fire. And then he goes on to say, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So his word is like a fire that burns. It brings about change like that. And sometimes his word is also like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Now that might take some time. It might happen like that, but it could also take some time. It's like a hammer that hits the rock. It breaks the rock in pieces. And so many times we speak the word of God. We, we're all charged up. We speak the word of God and we expect the word of God to be like fire. And sometimes the word of God is like fire because that is what it is. That is how God describes his word. And sometimes his word is like the hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Every time you swing that hammer, every time you speak that word, it's every time the hammer hits the rock, it is bringing about change. It's making change. It's making impact. It's breaking the rock. It's chipping away and breaking the rock in pieces. Amen. So let's continue to speak the word. Let's continue to agree with the word of God and declare his word faithfully. Amen. So let's all stand up. Let's lift the Bibles high and declare it. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Shake hands with the person next to you and tell them it's hammer time. I don't know if you remember that rap song, you know, uh, MC Hammer used to sing, uh, here comes the hammer, and then just before the rap, you know, he'll say it's hammer time, and then comes the rap. So it's hammer time every time. We wield the word of God. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, uh, every time we come to church, 
we experience different things and the emphasis and the expression is different right sometimes we come and it's like uh, it's like a hospital we come and we are wounded and uh, some stuff is broken and we need you know medical attention we need attention so that's that happens when we come to church sometimes the expression is it's like a pit stop you know you're going for the race you're going for the finish and then there are some parts that need to be changed there's some oil that needs to be changed the engine needs to be tuned the tires maybe there's a puncture and that the wheels need to be changed and so on and sometimes it's like a pit stop and uh, you know sometimes it's like the army and we are the army of god we come we strategize and god gives us the strategy and the plans and so on and he is the you know the lord of hosts the captain of hosts and he's leading and to go on and to retain the victory that he's already given us and sometimes the expression is that of a garden and uh, today i believe the expression is that of attending the garden so i i hope you brought your you know rakes and spades and so on it's it's about gardening it's that is the expression today i feel god is you uh, know emphasizing and as i was you know thinking about what to share and uh, you know uh, what to share this morning and these two verses just kept popping out and uh, it's just phrase break up your fallow ground break up your fallow ground i believe that's what god expects us to do this morning and that's the em- emphasis this morning to break up your fallow ground and we all know by definition fallow ground it's actually uncultivated ground a ground that is not producing anything it's uncultivated the message this morning is break up your fallow ground it's interesting it's not you know break up his fallow ground or her fallow ground or you know the fallow ground you know it's very personal to each one of us break up your fallow ground and the re- the first reference that we see about fallow ground is in exodus chapter 23 and verse 11 where god says you know you shall sow you shall reap you shall bring in the harvest for 6 years but the seventh year you shall leave the land uh, fallow nothing will grow on it that's the you know the first reference that we see about fallow ground and the usage is actually literal it's about agriculture it's about farming but we see a couple of other references where the usage is figurative it's not literal and we see this in jeremiah chapter 4 and verses 3 and 4 for thus says the lord to the men of judah and jerusalem break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns circumcise yourselves to the lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts you men of judah and inhabitants of jerusalem lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings so he says here break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns so the imagery is that of agriculture to break up the fallow ground so what is the fallow ground here referring to i'm sure he's not talking about some garden he's talking about the spiritual condition of the people here he's talking about the spiritual condition he's talking about the condition of the heart and he's saying this fallow ground this uncultivated ground it needs to be broken up because no matter what seed falls on it it's nothing is going to produce it's not going to grow because it's uncultivated it's fallow and he gives this command and he says break up the fallow ground break up your fallow ground and uh, we can observe certain things from this verse jeremiah chapter 4 he says thus says the lord so it's not like uh, you know this is a suggestion or anything it says thus says the lord is the word of god 
you know it's, it's a thus says the lord kind of prophecy it's coming from the mouth of god thus says the lord and secondly we see that it's a command and not a suggestion like it's a command he's not saying you know you you might have to break up your fallow ground or you're not suggesting anything it's not an option but it's a command he's saying break up your fallow ground break up your fallow ground and thirdly we see the reason for why this command is issued we see that the command is issued because of continued sin verse 4 the latter half of verse 4 lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings because of the evil of your doings which means that people were continuing in sin people were continuing to do what is not pleasing to god and he says you need to break up your fallow ground it's unproductive you need to break it up it needs to be cultivated lest i come and my fury come forth like fire so it's actually a command which is issued because of continued sin and we also see that it is a command to prevent from the judgment of god to prevent from worse things from happening a command issued to prevent from the wrath of god hitting their life and one more observation that we see is that it is actually our responsibility it's our responsibility he says break your fallow ground no one can do it for you you and i you know we need to break our own fallow ground our own uncultivated field in our life break your fallow ground and also we see another imagery there if you look at verse 4 it says circumcise yourselves to the lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts you men of judah and inhabitants of jerusalem circumcise your heart of course not referring to the physical act of circumcision with the jews were very familiar but he's saying circumcise your hearts referring to a putting away a cutting away a removing of that which was hindering them from offering themselves from really giving themselves totally to god 100% to god that which was preventing them from giving that 100% allegiance to god so he says circumcise your hearts circumcise your hearts put away what is hindering you so i want us to ask that question you know to ourselves and say you know lord what is it what is that one thing that is stopping me what is that one thing that is hindering me from giving myself to you 100% that wholehearted allegiance to you what is that one thing and god's command is that we put it away that we remove it so that we can come to god we can come closer to god and he can come closer to us so that's the imagery that we have here circumcision of the heart let's turn to deuteronomy chapter 10 and it describes why there needs to be circumcision of the heart Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12 Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12 it says and now Israel what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God to walk in all his ways and to love him to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul verse 13 and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command you today for your good indeed heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God also the earth with all that is in it and then we go on to verse 16 it says therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer verse 16 so he says therefore and before therefore he explains in verse 12 why we need to do this 
why we need to remove, why we need to put away. Because this is what God requires, that, that a person would fear the Lord. Verse 12, the person would fear the Lord. And we know that fear is not just a morbid kind of fear. We learned about that in the last series, that fear is really to, to so love, to so revere, to so honor God, that we would glorify him, that we would lift him up in all that we think, in all that we speak, in all that we do. So the first thing is that, that we would fear the Lord. And therefore, he says, circumcise your heart. And secondly, he says, to walk in all his ways. To walk in all his ways, meaning to walk in his ways uncompromisingly. To walk in his ways consistently. You know, not when it's convenient. Not when it's, when it's just some, some of the things that he's asked us to do. But all the things, to walk in all his ways uncompromisingly, consistently, to walk in all his ways, and then to love him and to serve him with all our heart and soul. To love God, to serve God with all our heart and soul, and also to keep his commandments. And therefore, he says in verse 13, circumcise your hearts. Circumcise your hearts. You know, put away those things. It's impossible to have the fear of the Lord. It's impossible to love him and to serve him with all our heart and mind and soul. It's impossible to walk in all his ways when there is this one thing which is stopping you, which is really hindering you from doing all this. He says, therefore, circumcise your heart. Put away, remove that thing which is preventing you from walking this way. So it's really up to us to really introspect and see what is it that one thing that I need to Put away. What is that one thing that I need to remove? Because a person with an uncircumcised heart is rebellious, as it is said in verse 16. It's stiff-necked is the word which is used there. It's rebellious. A person who is uncircumcised, with an uncircumcised heart, does not fear the Lord. A person with an uncircumcised heart does not walk in all his ways and only does what is convenient, what, is, what suits that person. A person with an uncircumcised heart does not love or serve with all the heart and soul, and does not keep his commands. And the obedience is only to the letter and not in the spirit. You know, I'm, I'm sure that we've seen people, you know, on the roads, driving, uh, riding a bike with helmets. And the helmet is very carefully kept, you know, on top of the petrol tank. The rule is that you wear the helmet, but the bike is carrying it, and it's there on the tank, the most precious part of the bike. And sometimes the helmet is, you know, slung in the hand, the elbow, and uh, just before you reach a signal, the helmet comes on, and then the helmet comes off again. So a person with an uncircumcised heart is unable to obey the things of God, is unable to love God, to do the things that God has called to do with all the heart and with all the soul. It's, you know, it's unable to really obey God wholeheartedly. It's only the letter. The person wants to do the bare minimum, get away with it. So, therefore circumcise your heart. Therefore, put away and remove those things that hinder. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, God, what is causing this? You know, I'm unable to love you with all my heart. I'm unable to serve you with all my heart. So what is this thing that is you know, really preventing? What is this one thing? And it's different for different people. We need to ask the Holy Spirit and he will reveal it. We can ask him, God, why is my heart divided? Why is my heart divided? Why can't I focus holy on you. He will reveal it. And we need to, he might ask us to do certain things. He might ask us to avoid 
certain things, avoid doing certain things. He might ask us to stop doing certain things, going to certain places. He might ask us to surgically, you know, put away certain things. It can be painful, but that is what it is. Things that are hindering, we need to put away. Let's move on to Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12, where it again talks about the fallow ground. Ezekiel, Daniel, and Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12, he says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. So we see the reference again, break up, break up that uncultivated ground. So let's look at the description of this fallow ground. What does it look like? You know, it's uncultivated, it's not cultivated, so nothing really grows in it. It's uncultivated, so nothing grows in it, nothing productive grows in it. And sometimes it's, we see that it's overgrown with weeds and thorns. And uh, probably the soil is hardened because it's not been plowed, it's not been tilled. So the soil is really hard, it's hardened. And we also see that it could be dry because there's no irrigation that's happening apart from the occasional rain. So it could be dry. There's no irrigation that's happening. And, uh, you know, oftentimes in our neighborhoods or in our country, this is what happens. When there's uncultivated ground, it becomes a dumping ground, right? People come, people put their garbage, all the trash, everything, all the filth gathers there and becomes a breeding ground, really, for all kinds of infection and so on, an uncultivated ground. So this is how it is in the natural. So we need to ask, you know, what is the spiritual condition of some areas of my life? What is the spiritual condition of my life? Is there dryness? Is my life dry? Is there any vitality in it? We need to ask ourselves, is it like this fallow ground? Maybe you're thinking, you know, hey, this Bible study is such a bore, prayer, don't even mention it. Uh, Church, life group, you know, maybe it's, we do it out of mere social obligation. This is how I don't have anything better to do on Sunday, so I come and do it. You know, it becomes such a chore. It becomes such a, you know, it's it's such a, a burdensome thing so dry, lifeless. It's a fallow ground which needs to be broken. Or maybe it could be like, uh, could be hardened like we saw. It could be a ground which is so hardened and it could be hardened for many reasons. And one reason could be, it could be hardened because of the deceitfulness of sin. You know, Hebrews 3 and verse 13 says that sin has this ability to deceive and it has this ability to harden a person's life. Hebrews 3 and verse 13. So if there's continued sin, if there's continued wrongdoing in our lives, sin has this ability to really harden our life, harden our heart, harden ourselves to the things of God, sensitize ourselves to the things of God, to the things of the Spirit. So we need to ask ourselves, you know, is there continued sin? You know, we can't say a big sin or a small sin. You know, no matter what shape, no matter what size it is, sin has the ability if we continue in it, to harden our life. Or maybe it's hardened because of bitterness and unforgiveness. There's bitterness, there's unforgiveness, and it's so hard, it's so tough to forgive, so tough to, you know, to be kind, so bitter, life is so hardened. Somebody 
described it like this bitterness is you know you drinking the poison and expecting someone else to die it's like that so there's so bitterness and because of sin life is so hardened and it didn't happen you know overnight all this dryness and all this hardening thing didn't happen overnight if you look back it it was a process it was a process of neglect over a period of time that brought us to that place of hardness that brought us to that place of dryness to that place where the ground is uncultivated or it could be that several weeds and thorns have grown you know mark chapter 4 and verse 19 talks about the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things which are really like thorns and weeds which choke the word from bearing fruit you know we need to understand that we are spirit beings as believers we are spirit beings and what will bear fruit in our life is really the word of god as we receive the word of god in our hearts by faith and we see that these cares the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things choke the word and we've left it these cares and fears have made inroads maybe in our imaginations in our minds in our lives and uh, suddenly we find that hey things are not as they used to be that passion and that zeal is not there that life is not there and uh, i'm so hardened i don't know why but i'm so hardened against the things of god or maybe it could be you know your mind becoming a dumping ground for the devil you know it's so uncultivated that the devil comes and dumps some imagination and dumps something in you and you just accept it we just accept it we just receive it we don't do anything about it it becomes a dumping ground there's so much of condemnation which is dumped there's so much of you know imaginations which is that is the not of god which is dumped there's so much of you know wrong thinking wrong attitudes that is dumped in our minds and we just receive it and we're not even aware sometimes it is there fallow ground we need to break it and for a believer it is a frustrating place to be you know to have this fallow ground it is a real frustrating place because as believers we are designed to walk in god we are designed to run we are designed to soar in god we know who we are in christ we know that we are you know redeemed by the blood of jesus we know that we are justified by him we know that we are more than conquerors in him we know that we are seated with him in the heavenly places we know that that's our position but this fallow ground you know really short circuits the whole thing from experiencing this truth from really becoming an experience in our own lives it short circuits everything else so it's extremely frustrating and number one it affects our spiritual life to a great degree it affects our spiritual life how does it happen you know we have the relationship with god you know we love god our intentions are clear our desires are clear you know we want to walk with god but we suddenly realize that our intimacy is not there that intimacy with god is missing well there is a certain degree of relationship but the intimacy is missing you know it's like um, when you grow up and probably you had a friend in school and your best friend your best buddy you know you had breakfast with him or you had lunch you had dinner in the evening you had homework you you did your homework and uh, you know you spent your all your holidays playing with that person and and after school got over you moved to a different town to do your you know further education and work and so on you moved away literally and there was no life shared between you and after so many years you come back together and you, you still recognize the person you still recognize you know all those things you still remember all those things that you did together but that closeness is missing and that's the same thing which happens you know there is some kind of relationship but that intimacy with god that knowing really 
who God is is missing. So it affects our spiritual life. And we also see that in our own spiritual life that there is a form of godliness but which is lacking in power. There is a form of godliness. You know, we're doing the right things, we're saying the right things, but it's really lacking in power. That power to live a holy life, that power to, you know, resist temptation. You know, it's lacking in that power. A form of godliness. A form of godliness, but lacking in power. And also, holiness becomes a drudgery. Doing the things that God has called us to do, you know, becomes a drudgery. It becomes burdensome rather than pursuit of a higher pleasure. Mike Bickle defines holiness like this. He says, holiness is the pursuit of a higher pleasure. You know, you're saying no to a whole lot of things. And you're going after God. You're going out of the things of God. It's actually pursuit of a higher pleasure. So holiness becomes a drudgery instead of pursuit of a higher pleasure. And even though Jesus said, you know, my commands are not burdensome. It becomes so heavy. It becomes so heavy because there's no freshness. That intimacy with God is not there. And it also affects our earthly, other earthly relationships. We don't realize it, but actually, you know, it really affects our relationships with one another, especially beginning at home with our children, with our spouse. It affects our relationship. You know, we went for premarital counseling, and uh, I remember this diagram which was there. God, husband, wife, right? As the husband moves towards God in greater intimacy and the wife moves greater intimacy towards God, they are actually moving in greater intimacy towards one another. I remember that picture. God, husband, wife. So when that intimacy, when that closeness is affected because of the fallow ground, it starts to affect other relationships as well. Relationship with your children, relationship with your spouse, and so on. It also affects our work and studies because you have a divided heart. It starts to affect our productivity at work. We don't realize it, but it affects until this thing is settled, you know, we will never be able to excel in what we are called to do. And it also affects our physical and emotional health. You know, it happened in my life. I, I was praying for this one particular thing physically, God to heal many years. But till this was settled, till this was sorted out, you know, it didn't really manifest. The physical healing manifested itself automatically when the fallow ground was broken for God to you know, rain down his presence, to put in his seed. So it, it manifests itself in our physical and our emotional health, fallow ground. But from the word of God, we see that there is hope. You know, we can't right away, you know, no matter what the condition of the fallow ground, of your fallow ground, of mine, we, we don't have to write it away. Like we don't have to say, you know, there is no hope for this particular uncultivated land. Though there's no hope for the spiritual condition to improve. We need not right away. Because we see in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 23, it's a little out of context, but we learn something here. Uh, if you can turn to Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 23. It says here, Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice, there is waste. You know, meaning that because of injustice, the poor is not really able to till the ground and cultivate it and so on. But then this is what we learn, that the fallow ground actually has potential. Below the surface, it has the potential for growth. So don't write off that fallow ground. 
it has the potential to bear fruit your life has the potential to walk in god to run in god to soar in god don't write off just because the way things are right now and the first thing to do you know so what do i do this is the fallow ground in my life you described it so what do i do with it how do i change i think one very simple thing to do is to start having regular conversations with god start having that simple one on one conversations with god now i want to ask us you know when was the last time that we sat down and had that heart to heart chat with god that conversation with god you know maybe we prayed for you know world evangelism and you know city transformation and all that is fine you know but when did you really open your heart and say god you know i'm hurting here god this is the challenge that i face god this is where i'm struggling you know the more we keep away from god the more we turn off that conversation you know we are going to be hardened and all kinds of things are going to grow things that are not productive and as you start that conversation with god as you start talking to god and saying god you know this is what i am this is who i am you realize that faith builds up because you are in the presence of god and you're talking to your creator you realize that faith builds up there's something that is happening on the inside there's a melting away that is happening on the inside the spirit of god is moving he's ministering there is a river that starts to flow it starts as, as a trickle but then it breaks down all those barriers it begins to flow it begins to flow have those simple conversations with god and we've been given you know all the spiritual weapons we've been given the word of god his word himself itself the word has been given so what do i do with the word you know we know that you know we need to read it and think about it and speak it and on all that but as we read it you know make it part of our conversation you know we read saying break your fallow ground make it part of your conversation and say god you know i need to break this god you're asking me to break this lord show me what is it that needs to be broken in my life god you're saying that my heart needs to be circumcised that things need to be put away god what is it you know start to talk to god have that conversation with god it, it needn't be always you know thee thou and thus hey god is your heavenly father he's my heavenly father he's our savior just relate to him as you would to a earthly father just relate to him as you would to a friend just have that simple conversation that simple chat with god even as you read the word of god and as you read the word of god you know make it part of your thinking make it part of your thinking let the word of god so saturate our thinking that our actions will follow through and as we read just now in jeremiah 23 we see that the word of god is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces are things are you know areas in your life that are so hard are they hardened you know you wield the hammer use the word of god speak the word of god and you will see that the hardened areas are coming loose you will see that there is a change there is a transformation that is happening on the inside and uh, speak the word of god and of course we have the spirit of god who is with us all the time the one who wrote the scriptures who is with us all the time the one who has given us his gifts praying in the spirit praying in tongues you know he's given us this beautiful wonderful gift start using it and whatever other gifts he's given start using it start ministering start praying in the spirit and you will see that there is a change happening because he's praying that perfect prayer through you you will see the change happening and thirdly you know praise and worship praise and worship it's really like tilling the soil of our heart right it's no wonder that we every service you know every time we get together we have praise and worship 
and then followed by preaching of the word. You know, I've always thought about it, you know, why not the other way around? But it's really tilling the soil of our heart, preparing our heart to receive from God, to receive his word, to receive his presence, to receive his touch. It's really preparing our heart, tilling the soil of our heart. And it's not really, you know, the time filler before the big act, right? It is the big act itself. It is the main act itself. Praise and worship. Your heart, soil of your heart being tilled, being turned, being cultivated to receive the things from God. And just want to look at one reference, Hosea chapter 10 and verse 11. It again seems to be a little out of context, but then, you know, I think it drives home the point. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 11, it says, the latter half, the last two lines actually, Judah shall plow. Judah shall plow. You know, we know that Judah refers to praise in the word of God. Judah refers to praise in the word of God. It says here, Judah shall plow. It's like plowing the soil of your heart. It's like preparing the land to receive the rain. It's like preparing the soil to receive the word of God. So that's the word for this morning that we need to break the fallow ground. The word is break your fallow ground. Amen. To circumcise, to put away those things that are really preventing us from growing closer to him. To put away those things that are hindering us from having that intimate relationship with him. Because below that surface of the fallow ground, there is huge potential. There is huge potential for growth. There is huge potential for fruitfulness. There is huge potential for life. And that's what God sees. And that's how God sees us. And so he commands, break up your fallow ground. It is a command which comes with a lot of concern. It is a command which comes from the heart of God with a lot of concern, with a lot of love. It doesn't come with condemnation, but it comes with love in order to prevent further harm from happening in our lives, in order to prevent the wrath of God from hitting our lives, in order to prevent greater harm from happening in our lives, to break the fallow ground. Amen. So let's do that this morning. Let's all stand up and uh, let's make that decision. Let's make that choice before God and say, God, you know, I'm making the decision. I'm making the choice. I'm coming before you and saying, God, I'm going to break this fallow ground. I'm going to break this fallow ground. It is, I have you, I have your presence, I have the word of God, and I'm going to take the responsibility for my life. It's no more pointing no fingers at the other person, no more pointing fingers at the circumstance. But God, I know There's something that needs to change in me. And uh, this fallow ground needs to be cultivated. It needs to be tilled. It needs to be plowed. And I'm going to sow to righteousness. And I'm going to sow to the things of the Spirit so that I can reap in mercy. The Word of God says, don't sow to the flesh. Don't sow to the things of the flesh. But sow to the Spirit so that you can reap of the Spirit. And uh, God is asking us to do that. So to really empower us this morning, to really strengthen us this morning, even as we make this choice. You know, it's not going to be easy because so many things have grown. Maybe the, thing, the soil is hard. Maybe it needs to be broken. It's not going to be easy. It might be painful, but it's God's command and needs to be obeyed that we will break up the fallow ground. Our spiritual life will become you know, something that is full of life and the dryness will not be there. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org 
for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.